right, everybody. Hello and welcome to episode 55 of Prog Notes. My name is Destin. And I'm Drew. And in 2022, Foxtrot by Genesis celebrated its 50th anniversary. And to celebrate this occasion, guitarist for Genesis, Steve Hackett, is taking the whole record on the road, along with some other highlights from his solo career and other Genesis classics. And today to discuss this with us is Steve Hackett himself. So welcome, Steve. Glad to have you. Hi there. Hi, everybody. It's wonderful to have you. Of course, uh, being a Prog Notes, of course, we're a progressive rock-focused podcast and show, and so a lot of our listeners are very aware and are fans of your music, so I know that they are very excited to have you and be able to hear directly from you when it comes to Foxtrot and other things of that nature. So um, very excited that you're here with us. Thank you for taking the time to uh, be with us. Thank you. Pleasure. Absolutely. And uh, so Foxtrot, everybody, is the fourth studio album released by Genesis on October 6th of 1972, but you all already knew that. And it is the second record with both Phil Collins and Steve Hackett. And so uh, Steve Foxtrot is an album beloved by many devoted Genesis fans, ourselves included. Drew and I both really love this record. And we've read that you also have a special appreciation for this record. And so we'd just like to ask, what about Foxtrot is so significant to you? Um, you have to remember that it, it, it was a period of time when I'd only been a professional musician for about two years. Yeah. And many of the the dreams that I'd had over many years were starting to come true. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to work with a band that had a mellotron. I wanted to work with a band that had a, a kind of broad base in terms of writing. Um, the idea of having lots of different styles was important. Um, a band that had an appreciation of so many different genres. The pan genre approach was very important to me at the time. And also the idea that we wouldn't compromise in order to be more radio friendly or TV friendly. Yeah, right. Uh, the idea was that the, 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 the music came first and those songs were really written to be performed live. Joining Genesis, was a, a, there was a sense of musical satisfaction for you. In, in yeah, being absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's great. right. Um, and um, on that album, Foxtrot, I, <clears throat> I'd written one or two things, and uh, Can Utility and the Coastliners, the band like that. So we, we did that song, um, uh, although we didn't perform it live. But I'm, of course, you know, playing that live because I absolutely love it, and yeah. um, it's a lot of people's favorite tune now. A lot of things were, were more difficult doing something like Horizons, which I wrote. Yeah. Uh, um, the idea of having an acoustic guitar doing that live was a bit of a challenge in those days. But I do it, although I recorded it with steel string. I, I, it, it's really sort of classical in style, and I, I, I do it on on a on a nylon. So it it has its challenges, but it's a beautiful album when you consider all the kind of through composed aspects there. And there's some improv as well. Um, but in the main, you know, Genesis was this, we wouldn't have used the term through composed, but the more I talk to people, um, that's how, how, how the approach of, of the band in the early days was, was perceived. Yeah. Um, so it also marked a turning point for the band getting into not just having a light show for the first time, but the theatrics that Peter Gabriel brought to it. So, um, 
the idea of depicting the action and personifying the characters in the various songs was yeah. something that um, we didn't expect him to do, that the songs were re really written without a mind of, of doing that. But, you know, he, he, he grasped the nettle there and, and went for it. And that made all the difference. So the presentation, um, being able to have a light show, no matter how small, even if it's a couple of candles, you're controlling it yourself rather than being bombarded by or having inappropriate stuff going on. So, right. um, so we started to get a reputation. We we started to um, uh, uh, make waves mainly in European countries such as Belgium and Italy. Italy absolutely loved Foxtrot, where it became a number one album. Um, the rest of the world um, were, I think, perhaps baffled um, that we were doing music like that, which was was complex and it was running the kind of gamut of emotions. Um, mm -hmm. Some of it was influenced by science fiction, some of it social comment, um, pantomime, comedy, yeah. everything. I think we were trying to be as broad as, as the Beatles and um, fill those shoes and try and expand it a little bit further and 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 many years later um i heard that john lennon had given an interview and said that he considered the genesis were true sons of the, of the beatles which is about the highest accolade you could get from That's anybody amazing. as far as uh, i'm yeah, concerned absolutely and so yeah. you know this this music being preserved it refuses to die um and and um uh, so i'm i'm very proud to have a team that play yeah. this live and and play the balls off of it you know they're they're an incredible band and i i know that that, that they play it with real fire and verve yeah and, vigor and, and um vigor yeah i th i think that's terribly important that you know that the fact that that um any band on stage you know you've got a chance to really go for it so yeah yeah that's one thing i noticed about prog rock bands is that they're they're it's it's difficult even for the, these legends, to to pull off the complexity of that arrangement, the way it is in the studio, and how it's kind of meant to be heard in a live setting. And and I think that, that I mean, I, I Steve, I've, I've seen you twice now. I saw you the first yeah, time in 2017, yeah. and I was fresh out of college, and I, I mean, I was blown away. I was really blown away because I've seen cover groups that are really solid musicians. They're great, but they can't really get that quality of the record, but with kind of that that live energy and component to it. It is hard to marry those two things together. You guys did that phenomenally. Uh, and I I just find that interesting. Why is it so difficult for, for this kind of these kinds of arrangements to be uh, replicated live? And I think part of it is you know, back back in the day, <laughs> you know, when progressive rock was first coming in, you know, it was in its nascency. I think that um, one thing that that I really admired about I'm, I'm a big Beatles fan as well. The Beatles is that they started treating the studio as an instrument in and of itself, sure, which sure. I think is really, really interesting. And yes. I think a lot of prog rock legends started to do that. Yep. But I, I wonder, ha has it gotten easier over the years with the advent of uh, newer technologies to kind of replicate this, to preserve it the way it was on the record? Um, to perform it live, yes. I, I, I think that, you know, equipment, obviously the, the, the developments, um, uh, just the idea of, for instance, um, 
if you wanted to play a guitar note and have it feedback and do it reliably, um, you know, back in back in the day in, in, in the 1960s when people started to pioneer that, um, you'd have to turn up very loud or get very close to your amp or your amp head uh, to make that happen. Now we have guitars that feedback on board the guitar. And so the, the <laughs> right. Fernandez guitar yeah. I, I have uh, does that. So that's one example of technology that, um, you know, the, those notes at the end of, of the opening track, Watcher of the Skies, that always used to die on me. Now I can sustain yeah. them through and give it an <laughs> upper harmonic on the very final note and um, nice. and have it do, well, the equivalent of soprano guitar. You know, that, that, that's the thing. Now, yeah. um, you're pushing the envelope to do that kind of stuff every time you take a chance of, of doing that. Right. And uh, it just about, right. just about does it. I'm, I'm curious around, around that time. I mean, just in general, so <laughs> that was kind of the golden era of progressive rock, I, I think, right? I mean, and, and, and that same year, you know, you've got Close to the Edge by Yes coming out. You've got Trilogy by Emerson, Lake and Palmer. You've got Pink Floyd developing stuff. Just a year later, Dark Side of the Moon would come out. Yeah. Uh, you know, musical creativity was bursting forth yes. at like an unprecedented rate. Uh, yeah. Did you did you sense that you were in the, the the middle of this? Like you knew that this is this is a period of something pivotal. Well, I tell you what, I I felt that when we, we started to tour the states in a big way during the years seventy two to seventy three, and by the time it was seventy three, it was the album after Foxtrot, uh, Selling England by the Pound, and uh, when we were playing the best of the three previous albums, Nursery Crime, Foxtrot, and Selling England by the Pound, I really felt that there was something mighty going on. Even though we might be playing to a club uh, and we'd be happy to play, you know, 500 people in in, in the Roxy in LA, uh, still it felt like there was a moment in time where there was something going on that I, I felt very, very proud of the band of course, you and, and your band are performing material now from when you were roughly 22, yeah. 23 yeah. years old yeah. or so. And and you've been playing guitar for a very long time. Yeah. So in, in reflecting on Foxtrot, are there any uh, nostalgic stories that you just recall from this time period? Something uh, maybe that was pivotal uh, for you or even just something that was humorous and, and hilarious? Yeah, it, it was great times doing all of that. Uh, um, uh, some places had really accepted this, like, like as I say, Italy and um, the UK. I, I think in America, I, I, I think audiences who wanted to boogie, um, mm. but like, I think they, they thought they booked the wrong band. You know, what are these guys doing? They're absolutely <laughs> baffled. Yeah, get on with it. Shouted down all the quiet moments we did. Yeah, um, they weren't prepared wow. for that. So um, it's it's funny, you know. I for for any band that's struggling to be understood, or any musician who's struggling to be understood, and there must be a, a fair few who are going to hear this and watch this. Um, what what is it that that, that 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 keeps you going through all of that? Um, uh, you gotta stick by your by your plans if i said stick by your guns that might be uh, uh misinterpreted but the idea of metaphorically <laughs> um you know choosing what you're going to go with and even if the audience doesn't get it first of all there isn't an audience you've got to got to create that that audience and, mm -hmm. I, and I do believe it's possible 
to be just as idealistic. Um, it's a tough road out there, you know, because everyone's telling you, you know, you've got to be the all singing, all dancing thing and, and um, etc. But let's face it, music is an oversubscribed club already. So you might as well have fun doing it rather than playing someone else's game, dancing to someone else's tune. Um, uh, I think there, there is room for originality and hopefully not mm. falling back on too much technique because I know that most progressive bands think that it's incumbent upon them to yeah. be able to play fast all the time and make it really difficult and make it impenetrable. Right. Don't forget that it's about music and there, there is this hybrid, this area, which is um, if it's progressive, it it can still be romantic. Um, they don't mm-hmm. have to be you know, mutually exclusive. Yeah. Um the idea of those things coming together um, is yeah. is really what it's all about. You know, music that tells a story, I think. Um, I know this word storyteller is around a lot, and um, it's a hard one to get your head around because you just think, well, a good song is a good song, but a good song always does tell a story at the end of the day. That's, that's, yeah. that's really it. Yeah. yeah. I think that's probably uh, just very true to the people who listen to Genesis's music, but also your guitar playing, Steve, is that uh, there is technique and there's technicality with it, but there's also musicality and there's just a perfect blend of the both of both of those things. And that's what makes it so enjoyable to listen to and records like Wind and Weathering and records like Foxtrot and records like Selling England by the Pound that people gravitate towards is because I think you have nailed that so well. And so... Um, and we appreciate that. So thank you for that. Well, it sounds you. it sounds fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, just a few more questions, and I will wrap up here okay. in just a moment. Sure um, and uh, we ask uh, Drew asked just a moment ago, just kind of a as you sensed a maybe sh- sensed the shift in uh, the evolution of music when you were if you were a part of something pivotal in though you know in that period yeah. in the Foxtrot period. Yeah. Um, just kind of making it more to the present. Is there something that you that you're sensing right now? Do you sense a shift right now that's happening in maybe uh, current music uh, or the musical landscape of prog rock? Doesn't have to be prog rock. It could just be music in general. Um, well, uh, I think that I have to say, unlike England, um, America has always had um, rock that has great playing. And that's always Mm. been celebrated, whether it's in the genre of progressive or or, or, or blues or country. um, There has always been that. Whereas I I think with England, um, uh, England became very enamored of other things that were driving the song uh, Mm. attitude, uh, 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 image, etc. And... um, and 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 a total investment in avoiding detail, and and so today you have many 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 hit records that are just made with with two people. Usually, uh, the producer is the programmer, is the player, the singer is there, and a few things are snipped out, and that's it. And you can you can make a make a hit song of that, and you know you don't need all the embroidery, you don't need this, you don't need that. I've heard all the arguments, and so. Yes, you know, of course, you realize that, you know, music that's actually played rather than 
program is is a complete luxury when we're in in, in the age of science and all its wonders. But but I think to be a really great player, to really potentially love every note that, that, that you're playing, mm-hmm. um, it's it's a big challenge. You know, to play perfectly. Who does that? Not even not yeah. even the greatest. Uh, you, you you aim for it, but right. settle for excellence, certainly, and um, and have some laughs along the way. Yeah, yeah. lest right. I right. come across as like this is this is it. Right. <laughs> it's uh, it's not all about seriousness. You have fun, you know, enjoy it, you know, and mm. and the subtext, mm. of course, music. And I'm sounding serious again, like Batman. It's the subject is <laughs> is is to, is to re-energize people, to heal, uh, to bring people together, to celebrate all of those things. Music, powerful, powerful force. And sure, yes, we mm-hmm. were aware. You mentioned certain bands. We were aware of the bands who were our, our contemporaries, our peers, and and sure, we, we we listened to them. And many of those guys I got to work with over time. Uh, guys from from Yes and King Crimson, I worked with a ton of them, and and wonderful, you know, to to do so and see where they were similar, where they differed, what we liked of each other's work, all of that, um, hugely important. Um, so yes, we were we were part of a movement, and um, uh, let's put it this way. Uh, as long as there's ideals, as long as someone is reinvigorating the form or forms, um, I think that's, there's nothing wrong with being a blues guitarist. Hell, that's what I wanted to be back in the day. And the music started to change. And um, I changed with it. But uh, I, I wouldn't disparage any, any, any form. I absolutely loved so much of, of what came out of blues, where all the sonic developments happened, in, not just in the world of guitar, but... Um, much, much more than that. Um, yeah, right. wonderful stuff. So, um, is there any? Is there anybody right now that's currently playing that you would like to play with? If there was somebody that you could play with, is there any bands or any artists right now that you would love to play with? Um, I, you know, over time, uh, I bump into into guitarists a lot, and, and they're always saying, "Oh, um, we should do something together." And I, I've. <laughs> done stuff with 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 various guitarists uh, sometimes live sometimes on record and um uh, it's it's always interesting when when someone else plays the very same instrument and of course it's 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 an extraordinary thing not forgetting the late great jeff beck who um Mm -hmm. uh, was such a huge influence not just on on me but uh Whenever I was talking to great, great rock guitarists that I I admired, um, so many times they would cite him, and so, um, and it was usually the same tracks that would fire up uh, uh, right. these these people. So, um, you know, we, we we could be listening to each other's uh, uh, record collection when I was working with Brian May, um, the tracks that he played from that. Um, and the, the tracks that he was playing me from John Mayall. These these were my favorite records already. We were listening to the same stuff. Young kids in bedrooms listening to the same stuff from our older brothers. Right. Usually right. it's five years older. 
um yeah and, <laughs> and that's it so um there was something about yeah. something about this so uh, it, it was i think that the 60s was an extraordinary time in music um and uh, the 70s was an extraordinary time and i think there are always wonderful bands and there are always wonderful players out there but um you've got to seek them out and um uh take from it what you will and um and you know make make your own stuff and try and find something that you do that that nobody else has attempted to be brave enough to do that yeah. i think and uh and never mind if someone says to you oh you you shouldn't do that you can't do that that isn't commercial you can't do that you can't drum you can't play you can't sing you can't dance like that Your trousers no good get a haircut forget it you know <laughs> it's just just got to do what you do and um be oblivious to both the internal invalidator your your own uh critic your own severe inborn critic and critics from outside and just bloody well do it so of course foxtrot at 50 the tour uh we just have one well two final questions i guess for you uh, are there plans for another live dvd for this or, or do we have um uh, is there, are there talks yeah. of that? Is it going to be something that there's, we're planning there, on there's, doing? There's one in the pipeline at, at the moment. Okay. Uh, uh, um, uh, and uh, so that will be out yeah, later in the year. I, I think it's going to be out. I think it'll be out in the autumn. I do believe. Hmm. Uh, but, I, but I'll be on the road, you know, going at it like crazy. So, um, uh, uh, yes, it's, it's um, yeah, my, my, my main focus now for the next few months is doing that. And I was still working on a new a new album at home so um and that's oh, wow. maybe about two or three but maybe about three songs short of an album now and that's wow. that's gone very that's gone very well so i'm i'm very pleased with those those two products will be very close to my heart in different ways yeah yeah well we we'll be looking forward to thank it thank you that's for sure Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody who's listening, you can find tickets are now available to purchase for the tour. And I mean, you're going to be everywhere, like anywhere from Brazil to Slovakia to the U.S. You'll be here in Nashville where I'm located in October. I'm hoping I'll get to be able to see you there. And um, so, yeah, very excited for all that. Tickets are available now, everybody. And you can check it out if he's stopping in a city near you. I do have final one final question for you, Steve, before we let you go. Sure thing. I uh, I know that you are a C.S. Lewis fan, yeah, yeah. and I have your, your record, Till We Have Faces. Yeah. I just have one question. Is that your favorite C.S. Lewis book, Till We Have Faces? It's very interesting. I've been uh, to the house where he wrote the Narnia series. I visited yes. many times with Debbie Higgins, who's the warden there. Um, oh, wow. Sometimes warden there. And yeah. um, I've had tea there. I've played there. Uh, wow. Um, and the house is very welcoming. And you realize that that's where he wrote this stuff. And rather controversially, Debbie, who is a professor herself, said she thinks that, that Till We Have Faces was actually more the work of his wife, Joy, than than him um, because it's written from a woman's point of view so um i think you know you can draw that conclusion but obviously they must have influenced each other with this this stuff that um uh i think they broadened each other from what i from what i gather um so yeah that, that was a hugely interesting book that i read in my 
in my late teens, and uh, I borrowed yeah. I borrowed the title, even though it has nothing to do with the book whatsoever. Um, it, it's a very interesting book. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Steve. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. This is thank yeah you. a real yeah, treat. Yeah, been, been great yeah. talking. This has to been you. wonderful. Thanks, it's been wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. So we can't wait to see you live. Hopefully, yeah. we'll be able to have the opportunity to do so. Thank you, everybody, nice. for listening. And so you guys can find out more information about prognotes at linktree.com slash prognotes. Of course, tickets, like I said, are available right now. You can go purchase a ticket to see Steve Hackett perform Foxtrot at 50, amongst other classics uh, from Steve Hackett's solo career. And hopefully, maybe we'll hear something from Till We Have Faces. That would be really fun. Who knows? I don't know. I'm okay. dreaming here. Anyway. All right. <laughs> Drew, uh, before we before we leave and let everybody go here, what record are we going to be checking out next episode? Next episode, we'll be talking about "Unfold the Future" by the Flower Kings. So great! It's going to be a great time. Yeah. It's going to be a wonderful record to listen to and check out. So thank you, Steve, once again. Thank you. Join okay. us next time, everybody, as we discover the past, present, and future of prog rock. We'll see you guys soon. Thank you. Bye.